0: You are watching and listening Stuck in the Middle podcast. This is a platform for entrepreneurs, innovators, makers, and creators of African descent. We hear stories, ideas, and experiences on how we can break the mold, how we can break barriers. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our online store. So if you go, I know it's hard times right now. People are not trying to spend money, but go to our online store, sitandpodcast.com backslash store. You can shop Stuck in the Middle podcast merge. That is how we are able to drive this machine forward. Appreciate everybody who's been working with us through these sticky times. Um, Wanna thank returning listeners and watchers on YouTube right now. If you are new to the platform, hit, hit subscribe and the ring a button so you get updates every time we drop something new. We definitely have a blog session on the website, so hit that up and read some stuff while you're quarantine in. We have a special, 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 special. We have a special guest in the building today. Not in the building, but in her house. <laughs> <laughs> I Whoa. wish I could be there. <laughs> it's been a minute, by the way, since we did an intro like this. But um, we have Stephanie Akumani. Thanks. She is the founder and CEO of Bloom, a leadership, wellness, and community building company, and the host of Blooming is a Happy podcast. Stephanie, Dr. Dr. Stephanie Akumani, welcome, welcome to Stucker's the Podcast. Thank,
1: Hello. thank you. Thanks, Reflex. Thanks, okay. AK. I appreciate it. How are How you, you, How you Great, on? great. It's nice to be here. I appreciate your time.
2: Yeah, man. Let's 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 get right into it. Who is Dr. Stephanie?
1: Yes. Oh, that's the first question I ask people in my podcast. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, and um, it it, I appreciate that because I'm usually asking the question instead of answering it. So this would be a good test for me. Um, but I am Dr. Stephanie Akumani, and I'm a person who loves life. Um, I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful for. Um, just being able to work with so many youth, so many parents, educators, business owners, and I help people to f- like really find out what their passion is. What, what are they here for? And by doing that, I'm able to t- help them tap into the person that they are and who they want to be. And I'm also from Baltimore, um, hey. but I went to the University of Maryland College Park um, for my undergrad and for my PhD. And so PG County has become, NDC has become my second slash third home. And um, it's been just very, it's been an amazing journey being in PG County since 2006. Um, and yeah, that's. that's
0: what, brought you what brought you to PG County?
1: Oh, going to University of Maryland.
0: Okay. Yeah didn't go back <laughs> i haven't gone
1: back well i was lucky enough to meet my husband so i had no reason to go back so that was a great way reason to stay in the county
0: you have Damn. a phd um which is like the pinnacle of education tell us about your background though you know so people who don't know you like as far as education wise and you mentioned a little bit about your podcast like you know in a, in a breast in a broad breaststroke, stroke you know what is your background
1: Yes, definitely. So um, I, was, I got my Ph.D. in American Studies. And what that means is I studied American culture, policy and, and American life. And so I studied this from literally slavery, like colonization until the present day. And I taught univers- courses at University of Maryland on like, you know, American politics, especially related to African-Americans and people in the African diaspora, to see like what have been their experiences. From slavery till now and how can we make change in our policy so that we actually get to understand who people are, then not just one thing, that culture, like black culture is very diverse mm-hmm. and to really understand that we're we're it's like this big, beautiful melting pot, and um, we've had all of these challenges yet, what can we do to go forth? So mm-hmm. I particularly I study African American girls and I wanted to see what were black girls in Baltimore City like in a very low income neighborhood that I actually grew up in. And I wanted to see what their experiences were in school, but also like at home and on social media, because I did this study in 2010 and it was a longitudinal study. So I did it for three years and I worked with 55 girls and every other week I would come in and interview them and just do activities with them to get them to explain like what is life like for a 12 to 14 year old. and mm man, the thing I learned was that these girls are extremely strong. Um, They're often more wise than most adults. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that they've experienced some very, the girls that I work with experienced some very um, challenging times, yet they were super resilient. And so at the heart of it, I study like what it means to be resilient, what it means to overcome any challenge that comes your way. And that's kind of perfect, unfortunately that we have a quarantine but I think resilience is something that every human has but what these girls taught me is that so often we overlook what children and youth and young adults um experience and we don't look at their strength and their Mm -hmm. ability to create their own strategies to overcome those challenges so Mm -hmm. now I apply that to business owners and to business professionals parents teachers just any person, no matter what their age. So like people can get more tough, like we need to get strong and not just because of the quarantine, you know, like in general, because life, you know, it throws challenges at that you. That's the one thing you you can always know, you'll get a challenge, but how are you gonna overcome it? And I wanna help people use creativity to overcome the challenges.
2: Yeah. Does the media do a good service to the public when it comes to wellness?
1: Mm, Good question. Well, I see a shift. Um, That's hard. I think if you look at mainstream media, um, I think the problem is we have an age, like a demographic issue here, right? If you look at like our parents, they're the ones who are like watching CBS News, NBC, like turning on the news, right? I think, and then maybe CNN and NBC, I'll leave Fox over to the side. Hopefully, people yeah. using it to critique and see the craziness, and then turn the channel if they're even looking. Um, and then I think you know you have our cable news stations. But I think that for our generation, I see a shift. I see people using social media as their media, and then mm-hmm. maybe they'll watch Real Housewives of Potomac once in a while. Um, but I think that it
0: makes it there's up with some- more.
1: Yeah, I think there's more social media that allows people that are from like 20 to maybe 45, who are probably the people who watch your show, I mean, that listen to this podcast as well. Um, I think there's more opportunities to learn about wellness, about mental health, physical health, um, realizing that your friends really influence, like your circle influences you, um, I think the, the the people that I look to, um, like Jada Pinkett's Red Table Talk, Red Table Talk is a great um, way to enter the conversation of wellness because I feel like they really don't like everything's on the table and they have having real conversations that people have in their own homes. And I think that's a really positive thing where most people know like Jada and know her mission. Whereas, like the real housewives of Atlanta, you know, uh, you know, a Potomac, I like no shade to those shows, but I think that type of media, it's not really getting us anywhere. I think it creates an unhealthy body image for black women, but also for black girls in the way that like you have this expectation that you have to have like a mil- million dollar home and have on, um, like, um, the most like designer clothes, like you have to have your weave perfect all the time. You can only have a weave and you have to have your makeup done. And I think on the way for women, that is not the most healthy stereotype. I think we should all try to be as wealthy as we want to be. Wealth is great. Like wealth is positive. You can help your family, help yourself. But like, I think we should redefine what wealthy means <clears throat> for me. Health is wealth. And if I have my mind, right. If I'm taking care of my body and my mind, I'm gonna be able to focus and like create the most amazing business I can.
0: Why Why only focus on women? Um, I was
1: about to talk about men, actually. So I'm glad you said that. I was, that's why I said for women. And I was about to mm-hmm. say for men, I think for men is unhealthy too, because if you're trying to like enter a relationship, like the show is highly about
0: relationships. I'm talking about like, talking about like your platforms or like
1: the Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'll say that, but I'm gonna finish though, because I mm-hmm. think shows like that are actually very unhealthy for men because mm-hmm. it leads women to have very unhealthy stereotypes about what their man should and shouldn't do and how they should be, how they like what they should be able to provide for them without realizing like both people need to come to a relationship providing for each other. But um, for my platform for men, I actually have a few clients who are male business owners and business professionals. And um, I just, like, my the major question that i'm trying to answer is what does it mean to be human what can it mean so like who are you like as a man like what challenges do you feel like you face every day whether from your family whether from society um your job um it helps men to really dig deep and not worry about stereotypes about you know not needing to feel i help men like deal for, deal with like creating a schedule that accommodates, like, their fitness goals. I've trained people before, like, um, like tons of men. Men want to talk, too. Like, they just want to be themselves. And I think that everyone needs the opportunity to share what they're going through and what their goals are. So it doesn't matter if you're a man a man or a woman. I think my podcast and um, my, my blog, JustBloom.io, I think we really talk about, like, what are we going through as men and women um, in today's world? And how can we cr- find creative solutions to get to the next level?
2: Speaking of um, Bloom, um, that's your baby. You
1: Good just found day. out Bloom.
2: Yeah, let's, Um, <clears throat> for those who don't know what Bloom is, what is Bloom?
1: Totally. Thank you. So Bloom is a, health, a leadership, wellness, and community-building company. And what I mean by that is, I think so often we grow up in school and we're like, you know, our teachers are like, let's be a leader. And we're like, okay, you either, like you, I found that students either feel like they're a leader or they don't, right? In school, you might take a, like a class and you will be put in the AP classes or you'd be put in like a regular class. And I want people to realize like, no matter what's your background, you are, you can be, and you are a leader. Meaning that like, mm-hmm. You, if you have, say you have nephews, you don't have kids, they're watching you, right? Like they're watching you, every step, everything you say, the person that you wanna be, your coworkers, your best friends that are your age, they're watching you. Your employees, if you have a business, they're watching you. So how are you like living for yourself, but also for others? And also like around diversity, equity, inclusion. So Bloom, I do a lot of trainings I do these leadership trainings, personal development trainings, professional development, and workplace wellness trainings. So there was a school that I went to recently and they were dealing with a lot of I'll just be honest, it, it was a lot of racism going on <laughs> um, really? in their school. It was a predominantly white school and the luckily the assistant principal reached out to me was like, "Look, we realize this is an issue." and we need to handle it, we need your help. And I was proud of that person because that's not easy to deal with. So I came in and literally did a professional development training with these teachers on how to be less biased, how to be watching out for how you treat students differently depending on where you are. Now translate that to a workplace or you know any company. How are we interacting with our employees? Are we provided, like I train bosses to realize like, are you helping your employees manage their time in the way that their self-care can come, like can be an equal part of their life equation? Find some work-life balance. Because yeah. like, if you're doing work, even now when we're quarantined, people are always saying like, they want Zoom meetings all day long. Like, is that the most productive thing for your employees to be able to do? Um, like helping them to find time for meditation yoga, eating clean, like knowing how to cook a meal, which we all got to do now for the most part. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. It's a, it's different. Life is different. And i I've, I've been trying to prepare people for, for quarantine life before the quarantine, I must say, because <laughs> like meditation is a big part of what I do. And I help people to like, think about what, do you have positive self-talk? when you sitting still for 15 minutes or are all the thoughts going back to negativity? Like, are you critiquing yourself? Are you critiquing your performance? And, um, it's just, I find a lot of people don't realize they have a lot of negative self-talk and a lot of self-doubt. And I help them to like really analyze how they're thinking and to be like, no, is that really true? Aren't you as excellent as you tell your best friend they are? I help people to be their own best friend basically. And I help employers and, principals and parents to realize how they can treat the people that are in their community or their family with love and respect so that they can all thrive
0: uh that's that's interesting because uh first of all i want you to tell people who don't know who olivia pope is, who olivia pope is.
1: <laughs> i can tell you read the website
0: <laughs> you stated in that blog why is your life akin to hers? or yes. like, could,
1: Well, could, could only my... in good ways. <laughs> 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 so I wrote that on purpose. And that's funny when you saw that. So thanks. Because um, I always, I joke about it. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing i say before I answer who Olivia Pope is, I found that the key to success is important to be able to laugh at yourself and to like put yourself. Like, I also say that I'm the Beyonce of diversity, equity, inclusion, or workplace wellness work. And the reason I say that is because I have a high level of respect for Beyonce's grind, right? Like, beyond the glitz and the glam, the woman works hard, and she has a goal and a vision. And for Olivia Pope, I saw her, for those who don't know who Olivia Pope is, um, I don't know the years that that show ran, maybe 2000. 13 to 2017 maybe I don't know um but scand- it was the show Scandal made by Shonda Rhimes and it aired on ABC and Olivia Pope she stood out to me because she was the first person in the media who was like a black woman that was really focused on like fixing things she was called the fixer and she would have these political I mean these politicians come in or business owners come in they'd have some scandal like something that there went wrong in their, um, you know, their workplace and they need in their family, and they didn't want it to be public. And they needed to fix it so that they could a make their community or workplace better, but also so they could protect themselves and their in their public image. But the reason I align myself with that mentality, minus the like, need for wine all the time every night to go to sleep, (laughs) like, I find that students, parents, schools, businesses, every, every business deal I've done, the person has found me. And I appreciate that because it's like for the work that I put out on social media, whether it's Facebook, through Instagram and my website, people realize that like, look, I got some racist people on my job. Or my boss is creating a toxic workplace. Or it's the boss and they're like, I want to create a workplace where my employees are able to like become their best selves, be like super productive, um, where they are able to cut the drama out, um, or schools where they need realize kids are like, it's too much drama and they don't, they have a big reputation. Like most of my clients, they have some type of public persona that they, if, if what got out, got out into the public, they wouldn't get more students or they have less students that actually stay, or um, they might not have too much drama, but they just wanna make their workplace better. And Mm I have found that my superpower is fixing, I help people to get rid of the drama, help them to realize that we don't need to like, I think some people, we've been trained in this, like a reality TV world growing up, where we feed off a drama. But what I help people to do is to look within and see like, who is that amazing person or that amazing school that's already there? What are your mission? What is your value? What are your goals? And like, how can you actually put this to practice, right? Instead of relying on drama, cause it's actually siphoning your energy. It's killing your energy.
2: I'm curious as to to what a world where good social equities practice look like to you.
1: Mm, Totally. Well, I think equity is important because so often, you know, in the past, you look at the 1960s and, and forward, the talk was so much about equality. And I think what people realize in, in the last 20, 30 years is that equity is a little more important because like, you know, you and me, we could say like, oh, we need to get equal pay. And, you know, maybe we had the same job and say we're like both, I don't know. Say we're both, uh, computer programmers and we're doing the same thing. Um, but for my, for my deal, for my job, like for my, like my package, right. When, before I signed the paper, I might have a child, which I do. Right. And maybe, um, well, this is tricky because given like such specific examples, it's tricky, but say that Cause every situation is different, which is why I'm pausing. But what I'm trying to say is say that a woman has a child or a man has a child, and we can say it like, let's keep going. Say you have a child, I have a child. We both should get paternity leave, right? But maybe when we get to work, maybe I need a room and other women need a room where they can like breastfeed their kids, right? Or pump milk. Whereas you don't really need that type of room, but maybe you need a meditation room, right? Equity is recognizing that like Everybody doesn't need a room to breastfeed because they don't have breasts to like pump milk for, right? But equity means that, like, based on your needs, what can the company do? What can a school do to meet those needs and to meet the needs of others as as best as possible? So I think this is important, especially even looking at, um, you know, the quarantine, looking at education. Not everybody has an internet connection. Like, you look at down kids in like. Southeast D.C., all of them don't have an internet connection, right? right? So how are they doing their schoolwork right now? We can say, like, let's do all classes on Zoom, which is awesome, but an equitable, like, socially equitable situation, which, like, you know, D.C. public schools could do, which I've seen, I forgot the city... But what they did was they created, got a school bus and got all these modems and they put them on the school bus, right? And they put these school buses with internet connection strategically in neighborhoods where they knew their students um, didn't have internet connection, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have the data out there. So that's equitable. Now I'm not gonna go take that modem to a neighborhood that has like, they have internet connection. Now we could say um, equality would be that I take buses with modems to every neighborhood for my whole school district. But if I know that that school, like certain neighborhoods don't need it, I'm not gonna waste money and resources to give it. That's not, it's not about fairness. It's. I mean, it's not about equality, it's about fairness. Does that make sense? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I just wanted to say my job. Like I was, uh, I was trying to schedule a meeting, and this is before uh, the whole lockdown thing. I was trying to schedule a meeting at my job, and I realized they had about four different rooms where women could go sit and breastfeed their kids and all. And I thought that was pretty cool. That's
1: awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. but let's go back to uh, what Bloom uh, to to Bloom. I was curious as as to when you started Bloom and what problem at that particular time did you see in the world that you were trying to solve.
1: Hmm. Thanks for that question. Um, yeah, I did see a problem in the world. You, you hit it right on. Um, so I started bloom in 2017 and I, I did it because I had been teaching at university of Maryland undergraduate courses on American studies from 2010 until that point point. and teaching at the college level, it was amazing because I went to university of Maryland and then to teach there was like, wow, like, this is so like the nerd in me, yeah. you know, it was just, like, yeah. I love like being able to do this. And, you know, I was like 20, you know, this is for me being like 22 years old to I don't even know, like 27 or something. And I, so I looked just like the students in my class, right? I looked just as young and they're like, are you the professor or the student? And so I realized very quickly during my research study and at University of Maryland that I had a gift that I humbly and confidently owned of speaking to people um, and getting them to understand very complex topics in a way that related to their life. And I found that to be beautiful because I think that so often people get turned off by like theories and academic work because it seems so unrelated to what they're doing. But what I got to help like my students, no matter what their background, my white students, Latino students, Black students from every economic status realized why the Black Lives Matter movement mattered to them, and that it's not just something that like Black people were complaining about, or people the African diaspora are complaining about. That like let me know like look, this is like something I can do. I can translate social justice issues to people. So the thing that really got me started um, was my work working with those black girls in Baltimore City. It made me realize like, there are a lot of people struggling out here and their voices aren't being heard. And so I also realized that during the work in private schools that I was doing, that there are a lot of students of color who were in these predominantly white institutions or colleges and their voices like aren't being heard. Like we broke in the color line of like breaking segregation legally, but the kids experiences were like, Crappy, like they still they're still feeling the brunt of racism, and as a person who attended Head Start, which is a program for um, uh, economically disadvantaged people, when you're like a baby, like a toddler, um, so I went to Head Start, and I also went to public school from uh kindergarten to I mean pre K to fifth grade, and then I was lucky to get a scholarship to go to private school, so I got to see like all of these different economically and racially segregated parts of our society. And then you get to grad school and then I worked at the House of Sweden. And I just kept seeing like all these poor people and all these rich people. When I say poor, I mean economically, to be clear. And I just kept saying like, all right, the poorest people and the richest people, all they want to do is be seen and heard. All they want to do is be understood and make a real human connection but they don't know how when they meet cause they feel so different. And I knew that I got a chance to like be around, I got to be like the one black person in the whole company before. Like most people would be like, what do I do? And I was like, look, I know how to do this. And I realized I needed to teach more white people how to be more culturally aware And I needed to teach more Black people and Latino people and Asian people how to like not give a, I'm sorry, I won't use that word, not to care (laughs) about how other people view them, but to be their best selves at all times, so that we can all just be real. And I tell you, it's like, no, it's no more fulfilling thing than to help people see each other. And I think that the reason I say a wellness company is because When people don't feel included in their job or their workplace or their family, they don't feel well. That's where, you know, other than like that's, I think that if you look at nature versus nurture is a lot of nurturing not going on (laughs) and a lot of mental health problems stem from that because people are put down so often and not always overtly. And I wanted to really change that to make people realize like, this isn't a question like when you discriminate against someone or you're being biased towards somebody or you as a teacher watch another student be biased towards another, this becomes a public health issue. Just as bad as this virus. Cause there's tons of kids right now that go home and the bullying doesn't stop. It's on social media. There's a lot of college students where this doesn't stop or yeah. you're at a party.
0: Yes, yeah. Yes,
1: go ahead. No, go
0: ahead. No, 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 finish, finish. Oh, like you're
1: at a party and like, it could be something like really um, subtle. Like you're at a party at college and you feel like you need to fit into a certain group. It could be all black people or all people from the African diaspora. And you feel like you need to do something that compromises who you really think you are. Like I've seen like my old peers like drink until they fall out on, you know, the curb. And then somebody is responsible for dragging them home. Like, it's not always racism. It's just, like, how are we treating each other? There's a lot of people going around with depression and anxiety, and they're too scared to say anything. And I think that a lot of that can be fixed.
0: Thanks. I want to get to know, get to know Dr. Stephanie Akumani a little bit more. Um, for those who are watching and listening, we're talking to Dr. Stephanie Akumani, founder of Bloom, uh, and the host of the podcast. host of Blooming is a happy podcast. Uh, you're from Baltimore, like you said. Uh, married. How many kids do you have?
1: Just, well, two if you can include the dog. <laughs> yeah,
0: <what is> <laughs> real, real quick, real quick. Where is your husband from? He's from Togo. That's where you got your last name, Akumani, Yeah, from?
1: that's where you got me from, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which is why you probably thought I was from Togo. <laughs> I've, been, I've been officially adopted, though.
0: We we welcome you. To, <laughs> have you been back?
1: No, but I plan I, I was planning to this year, but you know, this happened, so I can't, but 100%. when all this when the pandemic is over, I definitely definitely want to. Why
0: why did you feel it was important to get a PhD real quick? Like why did you feel it was important to keep going and to get a PhD in, in in this specific field?
1: Totally. Um I love learning and I thought it was important in this field because I thought, I realized that, yeah, I love learning, but it's people out here suffering. And I I knew that I was uniquely positioned, like I said earlier, to see how rich people were living, how poor people were living, and how white, black, Asian, Chinese, whatever, like the whole gamut, how they were living. And I knew that I needed some some big world like like macro policies like i was very interested in the news i wanted to be a journalist at first and now i guess i kind of am with the podcast but i really wanted to understand what people went through and what strategies scientists um government workers um public health administrators like what strategies they found could alleviate poverty hunger you know, diseases. I knew that my brain was always putting the dots together. And I knew that me just becoming some policy worker um, at the, well, I would have taken the job with the Obama White House, so let me not fret. But um, at like some congressman's office, which is what I interned on Capitol Hill, I'm an undergrad. And I was about to take that work, like let's become a staffer on, on the, the Hill. And I realized that's not what I wanted. I didn't want to write the policy. I wanted to inform Mm. it, but I needed to understand like design thinking, like how everything worked together. And so that's why I did it.
0: Mm. How, how has uh, COVID-19 made it difficult for you to, you're very passionate and killing it at what you do. Thank you. But you know, before COVID-19 and now, how has it made it difficult for you to execute your passions and your work and what, um, what are you doing now to still get your message and, and you know uh, execute your message and ideas out there?
1: Definitely I appreciate that. Um, yeah, you know I did my last <laughs> I did my last because um, I also am a, a keynote speaker and I also do these trainings for diversity equity inclusion, conflict resolution, wellness um, And so I did my last talk at a school in Philadelphia literally, the week before everything shut down. It was so bad that the Acela train, I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but it's like the really high speed train that goes mm-hmm. from DC to New York. It was actually literally shut down the, state, like the day before I had to leave. And so I had a choice like, am I gonna get on this train or what? Cause the mark was still working cause I need to go to Philly and from DC. And I went and it was amazing. I talked to 400 kids. Talks about fifty um fifty uh, teachers, and it was awesome. But then I realized, like, um, this whole business model isn't gonna work anymore because I can't physically go to schools and um, or businesses. And
0: of course, by the way, You can keynote speaker.
1: Shoot. Yeah, man, that's what I do. That's <laughs> half of what I do. I I am definitely a motivational speaker, and I, you give me a crowd. Right now, my biggest crowd has been. 475, but you give me a million, I'm ready. So if anybody out there has any opportunities, let's go. Let's go, you sound
0: ready. ready.
1: (laughs) I am ready. Well, you know, I was really grateful because, and I'll answer your other question, but in 2009, I spoke to President Obama. Um, I did a press conference there at the White House and on Pell Grants, because I received scholarships. And I realized, I don't think anybody needs Barack Obama to be in the room to own their voice, but for me, that was my moment where I realized if I can speak with cameras, hundreds of cameras in the room, NBC, C-SPAN, any, like all those stations, that I can do anything. And I just need to be confident about it. But that's another thing I do, help people define find their voice. But to go back <laughs> to your question, I think that it's from me and many of my friends who are speakers or they do trainings for businesses in, in schools. Um, we have all been a little, we were a little shook, um, but something that has been helpful is Zoom, which is what we're using right now, because we've been able to do trainings. Like I, I talked to a class at Towson University last week, uh, an urban education class, and it was awesome. Like Zoom was great. We did what we're doing right now and it allowed me to put the message out. So I think that, um, th- that is, Zoom has been a great way that I've been able to connect, um, with schools that, you know, had me booked already. Um, but other than that, I really, right now, oh, well, online courses, I'm actually in the process of creating an online course where it's really fun and interactive and feels like a game um, so that people really take this personal development work seriously because we're either going to suffer or we can feel like a million bucks and a superhero because I tell people if I die today, the main thing I would share with people is that meditation yoga, eating some clean, healthy food without all the sugar, without all the salt, right? We all know all the, you know, canola oil, like all those things changed my life. I feel like the true definition of superwoman. And what I mean by that is I can't go all day straight. Well, I can, but we all need time to rest. And um, I think that me getting myself centered and grounded it helped me to really not get scared by COVID nineteen because I, I'm human. I went through a moment of like, "Uh oh, <laughs> this whole business model was working really well for me, and now yeah. it's not." But I realized like this is where it's time to practice what I preach, and me knowing like checking in like what my, with what my goals are, what my vision is for myself. I gotta get creative. What a great time to test myself. Let's go.
2: Mm-hmm you're a fellow podcaster as well the host of the blooming it's a happy podcast Yes. how is that going how is that going in this time
1: that's that's one of the saving graces because you know i literally just interviewed um who i can say is now a friend but also um somebody i hired um a while ago she's a a educator and a wellness director and a zoom instructor she lives in south korea right now and she moved there in october and i was able to use zoom and interview her For the podcast about how people have um, been dealing with the quarantine and, um, well, with the virus, COVID-19 in South Korea, um, because they actually didn't have a full shutdown. People kind of self-quarantine because they realize, like, this is serious. (laughs) We need to (laughs) play around with it. Um, But I was able to interview her about, you know, what does self-care look like? Like, what does it mean of give yourself permission to do what the heck you want, right? Like, I think a lot of people are looking to our peers. we on Instagram all day. You know, we on TikTok all day. And we just can't, like, look within and say, like, yeah, what I want matters. And we're holding ourselves back. And we're getting in our way. And I use the podcast as a way to show what other people have personally and professionally gone through and what their journeys have been and how like the blue Men is a habit podcast is a case of when following your dream goes right because when you don't it's like self-sabotage it's it's like killing yourself inside i think so many there's this quote that like um the wealthiest place is the graveyard because it's where like all these amazing dreams went to go and die. And I was Mm -hmm. like, wow, like that's so true. And I think that this this moment, we've been all quarantine, is is messed up. And I'm very sad for the people who are being affected by this directly, like people who have passed away, people whose family are sick, people who might be sick and don't know they're sick right now. It is unimaginable. But for those of us I don't have all the, I'll be honest, like I don't have all those answers for those people, but to use whatever method you use, whether that's praying, whether that's getting grounded, just being grateful. Gratitude is always a great method for me because in our worst moments, there's always one little thing to be grateful for. And even if death is the moment, maybe the life I had or what my family will do. Um, But to go back, Um, the podcast has been great because it's been able it's been a tool that I've been able to use to help people really see like people of color especially that they can do anything they put their minds to like it's not it's, it's not gonna not be hard it's gonna be challenging but there's so many tools out there that you can use to really like map out what your dream is and to make a roadmap to actually get it done step by step by step. I always say like big step, I mean, small steps have a big impact. Like I come from nothing. Like my parents didn't have any money. Um, And I was very lucky from scholarships and mentors and just good people who care to show me like you can do it. And my podcast is all about, you can do it, man. Like you can do it. And it's, I the response I've gotten. I'm really grateful for because, like, I have a pretty solid audience now, and then new people coming in all the time. I was looking at the the stats for the podcast, and it was showing me like now, like South Korea is on the map of people listening. Like Costa Rica, yeah, um, Sweden, uh, Ireland. I'm like, whoa, like that's cool. Other than the U.S., of course. Um, hopefully, we'll get some some of the Caribbean, and Africa up on there soon. But you know how that is. But you know, that's I think all, that's this, all, I think what,
0: yeah
1: what I, think, I think that yeah that's a help that's a help. And I just think that we all have dreams, but we often tell ourselves, no, nah, not me. I can't do that. Like that's 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 like that's not only Kobe can do or you know Elon Musk can do. But I'm like, no, nah, like you are the same. Let's figure out how to make that happen. And my online mm-hmm. course which is coming up soon will help people to do that.
2: What's your favorite What's quote? A- yeah.
1: Okay oh okay i got it les brown he says it's not what i'm I'm paraphrasing but it's basically it's not what happens to you it's how creative you you are to like find a solution i'm paraphrasing but that's the that's the gist of it because life is gonna come yeah les brown like if you youtube man you feeling down YouTube uh, Les Brown or go to the Women as a Habit podcast, but (laughs) and you'll feel better. But if you don't want that, go to Les Brown because that dude, I mean, he just grew up in uh, he was declared like um, at that time they said they used the incorrect words um, I'm never going to repeat it but they basically said that he wasn't capable of learning, right? And Mm -hmm. he proved everybody wrong he used he used people's ammunition as fire to be like no nah, like you don't know who I am I'm gonna show you and he's just a great motivational speaker for anybody no matter where you are in life
0: what uh, podcast are you listening to right now what book uh, what two books are you reading right now? totally
1: um, well for books um, everything is figure outable by Marie Forleo um, and I'll say that again because I would suggest people read it. Um, Everything is Figure outable by Marie Forleo, and even if you don't read the book, go to that woman's YouTube page because um, no matter who you are, she just her motto is that everybody has a gift in the world that they want to share, and they can do it. And she she's the first person that taught me about like entrepreneurship and being a multi-passionate entrepreneur because. I had all these like things that I love to do, but I felt like, oh, I'm only supposed to do one, and I couldn't. Like even in my PhD, I can't just talk about one thing. Like I end up talking about mindfulness and meditation and how a black girls should use it to feel better, and like I, I, I can't just. I don't like being um, somebody trying to put me in a corner, put me in a box. And I think our schools are not all of our schools. I love schools. I work in schools, but I think so often. Our old models of work and school, they try to put us in these boxes. And I think this quarantine is trying to wake us up to show us like that should not be the model. We can't work like that. We need freedom. Like all of us, you took a nap today, right?
2: Mm Mm-hmm, yep. You
1: you took a nap, yeah. Everybody should be able to get a nap. What do they do in kindergarten? Get a nap. Because why? It's not childish. It lets us rejuvenate ourselves. Meditation. Like, I think we need to, like, we need to figure this stuff out. And the sad part is there are so many answers. Um, there are so many people, I mean, Deepak Chopra, Tom Bilyeu. Um, I'm not going to just name drop everybody. I can give you some links so that people can actually go look at it. But um, there are people that are out there finding wellness solutions and even ones where you can't afford a therapist that you could do in your own home and with your own phone. And YouTube has been a really great resource. Um, Another thing, another podcast that I've listened to um, is Impact Theory. They have a podcast and they also have a um, YouTube channel. And like you all, they're trying to inspire business owners and business professionals to just be like, you can be excellent. What's your dream? Let's figure this stuff out right now. The last one um, is School of Greatness. His name's um, Louis Hose, I think that's how you pronounce it. H-O-W-E-S. He was a football player that he he works a lot to show like men, like you can express yourself. You can be like who you want to be and not worry about the world. Um, So yeah, that's what I listen to a lot. And it's been, and I hope to be like a voice for people of the African diaspora to like, hear personal development and wellness work. Cause I think that there are a lot of um, women of color coming up making, um, like there's one, like Fair People Black Girls or Black women. I haven't listened to it yet, but I just found, I was like, that's awesome. Um, So there are more Black women coming into the scene, but I just want to be one more voice um, where people feel like they can relate no matter who they are, but especially for people of color where we're not always in the wellness uh industry because it's a luxury it's a luxury to me to say i'm gonna go meditate right now oh i think i'm gonna buy that organic apple and you know that organic food especially right now people's jobs are being cut so i want to show people like you don't need a lot of money you just need your body and your mind in like five minutes and if you spend that five minutes every day you can change your life
0: you got a lot. Um, I don't know if AK had a question. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say uh for her to drop as we wrap, drop her um social media handles and how people can get in touch with her. Because Dr. Stephanie got a lot of knowledge, man. Y'all need to y'all need tap <laughs> is you know,
1: Yeah. Oh no, go ahead.
0: No, I was just gonna say, yeah, just let people know how they can get in contact with your social media email. Whatever. Totally,
1: totally. It's, um, look, I'm like, where's the little period? I'm gonna pull up Instagram right now. I should know this by heart. All right, got you. So it's Dr. like Doctor dot Stephanie Akumani um, on IG. Um, and that's the main place that I would go. Like, IG is where I put everything there, but the website, Is justbloom.io and that's justbloom.io because I think about myself as a tech startup, which is why I said that IO because I want to use technology as a way to help people to really figure this whole personal development, diversity, equity, inclusion, and business workplace wellness thing out. Um, Also, Dr. Steph Akumani on Twitter, but I don't really use Twitter that much to be honest. Um, And go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you use for your podcast streaming um for blo- the blooming is a habit podcast the blooming is a habit podcast and you will not be disappointed we have uh, rocket scientists, um professors business owners uh we even had teenagers so if you have any teenagers or college students we've, we I interview them all the time as well because i want everybody's voice to be included and
2: heard yep that's for sure appreciate it this platform too, man, is for everybody as well. You know, yeah, everybody you listed you and, you know, students and um, the youngest as well, too. So come on, share the experiences, the advices on how to break the ball. You know, together we're going to build a, a, a perfect world, the world we want to yeah, see right. together. Totally. Yeah, Flex. Flex, you got anything to add, subtract? Sure.
0: Uh this has been great, Doctor. Um, wish you the best on everything you got going. And appreciate you, you know, saying, taking this time out of your day to Kick it with us.
1: Definitely. I thank you guys so much. This is really awesome. And I appreciate you guys bringing me on the podcast, but I really appreciate you guys having a podcast because it's so important for us to know that we can do anything. And the last thing I want to say, like you guys, this is the time where we need to create our own reality. Write that stuff down, type it in your phone, but make it happen and get an accountability partner. And um, yeah, it's time to move. Hey. Um,
0: you read a lot. Go grab my book. It's called No Such Thing as Halfway. It's on pre-order right now on Amazon. I just had to throw that in there. You hey, what I'm saying? Uh, everybody, appreciate you checking this podcast out on a weekly basis. We have a lot of content out right now. A lot of couch talk, couch talk um, streaming right now on YouTube. So please, please go catch up. There's some great stuff about relationships with a diverse cast from Togo from, you know, see Rwanda, Uganda, all over the place. We even got some Miss, Miss, Miss what's what, up in there? It was uh, oh, Miss Guinea. Um, yeah, Miss Guinea all up in there. So, hey, fans and listeners, go catch up on the stuff and uh, appreciate you for kicking it with us, Dr. Aka You good? Definitely. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good.
2: Definitely follow us on all social platforms at SITN Podcast. The website is sitnpodcast.com. We got our blog posts on there. Um, Again, yeah, uh, go pre order Reflex's uh, debut novel coming out May 5th. You can pre order that right now. Um, pull up, pull up, pull up to him, you know, if you want a signed copy. Uh, I probably didn't say that. But, anyways, listen, man, go pre order that book, man. I'm telling you, this is a very, very great story. Uh, Reflex did your thing writing that book. I'll give you that. Um, anyways, you know all the glories I've given you already. The the Real Podcast. Thank you, Dr. Uh, Stephanie. The yeah, the Real Podcast.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> we